So I had no choice but to retrace my steps back to the stinky poo bin. What? No, you don't. And, and pick through the uppermost bags to recover my treats. No, you go home. You go home. Before we dive in, a warning. The content of this podcast may not be appropriate for some young listeners. This is real life, and that means that sometimes it can be a little bit graphic. So listen on at your own peril. As a veterinarian, dog behaviorist, best-selling author, and trainer, over the past decade, I've had an obsession with transforming the behavior of dogs understanding their brains and creating practical strategies that you can implement easily at home. I know all too well when the dream you imagined when you first got your dog is far from your daily reality. In fact, out of the blue, a few months ago, my little dog Gorse was bitten by a dog 20 times her size. And suddenly our life of stress-free walks, a calm and cuddly household and being teammates was replaced with reactivity, anxiety and worrying about what's around the next corner. I'm Dr. Tom, this is the Help My Dog podcast, and this is me documenting that journey of transformation, sharing my knowledge and experience with you and having a few laughs along the way. Hey, HMD family, welcome to this episode of the Help My Dog podcast. It's been a bit of a mad, mad week because, well, Gorsa's training and her like, I guess her transformation journey is continuing. Quite funny, actually. She's she in in kind of doing more and in you know playing all the games and you know implementing all the strategies that we're implementing along the way. And everybody in the Help My Dog um, online hub, which is basically like the the um, online training platform, it's like a membership that you can be part of, and you actually get to follow along the video diary of Gorsa's journey. You get to see her training in real life and when it goes wrong and when it goes right. Thankfully, it goes right a bit more than it goes wrong. <laughs> um, and um, we've been going through that, that process, but literally every time I sit down in the house, she is on my lap, but not just, you know, she used to just, she's always been like, loves to, you know, sit on your lap. So you sit down and she's like there, she's on your lap. You don't even realize it's happened and she's there. But now she's on my chest. So like she's, I think she's like putting herself forward as a potential, as a scarf for, a, for the winter because she's just like there. And then what she likes to do, which is really funny, is she likes to put her, her face against my mouth so that basically I can't, I can't really talk at the moment. Uh, I had to actually lock her out of the area where we, um, we record the podcast because otherwise it'd just be impossible, right? Uh, and, so, um, and so Madeline and I will be trying to have a conversation and it'll like, we'll, we'll manage like 10 seconds of the conversation and she'll be like on my lap, on my chest. Then that's Gorse, not Madeline. Um, then she'll be pressing her face against my mouth and it's like, oh yes, let's carry on having this conversation. And yeah, it's, it's really funny, but it's, it's like purely a side effect of all you know all this process that she's going through you know that increase in value for proximity that I guess also her being aware even more aware of me because we're doing lots of fun stuff and so actually I think a focus for this week with Gorse is gonna is gonna be to to work on some disengagement from me in the house because out on walks that's that's probably not a bad thing right now to have that level of, of proximity and, and desire to desire to take information from me, right? So that I can support her and help her navigate this scary world after the trauma that she had. Um, but in the house, like I want to be able to sit down and have a conversation. So 
And for all of you podcast listeners, I think one game that I'm going to be playing is effectively um, to teach her to get on a bed. Okay, it can be any bed. It can be a towel. It can be a mat. It really doesn't matter. Get on a bed and stay there. Okay, <laughs> um, and so. A lot of her daily food allowance is going to be at I'm just going to be throwing bits of food on this bed. The more she hangs out on the bed, the more I'm going to throw food onto the bed. Um, and then I'm going to work towards actually me being able to... I think the easiest thing for Gorse will actually be me stood up. She'll stay on the bed and I'll be able to feed her while I'm, I'm stood up. And then I'm going to sit down and then I'm going to feed more, right? It's going to be like, feed, feed, feed as I sit down and then I'm going to stand up again um, and build it up so that she learns that there's, when I sit down, there's even more value for staying on her bed. I think sometimes we think that dog training and behavior transformation has to be complex and nearly always it doesn't be. It doesn't be. It doesn't need to be. Um, you know, even like the Behave Vet Behavior Clinic and we've got a, a team of, of 10 plus you know, expert behavior clinicians and we see 400 plus cases a month and these cases they've seen numerous trainers, numerous behaviorists, um, of, you know, sometimes vet behaviorists, numerous vet behaviorists and I think one, when someone's joining the team, one thing that I always coach them on and that the, the clinical leads always, always coach them on is no matter how many people this, this animal's seen, it does not mean that it still can't be simple, yeah? It doesn't mean it has to be complex. And some of you will be sat there listening, thinking, ah, oh, I thought because I'd seen all these trainers and they told me, oh, there's no hope or this is what you have to do and this is the only thing that will work and then it doesn't work, right? And then you're like, well, what does that mean? That mean does that mean there is no hope right now? And I hope you get some hope from that, that actually you just haven't found the right plan yet and the right plan is out there and there to be had. And when you have the right plan in place, you start clearly seeing day by day, week by week, month by month, you steadily, consistently, and sometimes quite quickly, moving towards your dog owning dream. And that's really what it's all about. That's what's had me excited about animal behavior for years is figuring it out when other people are struggling. That's why we started the Behave Vet Behavior Clinic because it, it got to the point where I was doing like six or seven behavior consults a day and I was still like, okay, no, we can fit another one in the diary. Yeah, I can help this person. I can help this person. And then it was like, why, why can we not just help even more people by having a bigger team? It just took me like way too long to realize that. And, and now we get to help 400 plus people every month move towards their, their dog owning dream consistently, sometimes quite rapidly. And, and clearly, right? I think sometimes half the reason why you feel demotivated is because Nobody said to you, here are the clues that you're heading in the right direction. Yeah, it's not going to be tomorrow your dog doesn't react to any dogs. It's going to be you're going to spot this, you're going to spot this, you're going to spot this. And then, you, you know, you're going about your day and you're like, oh, I'm spotting these things. My dog is changing. Their behavior is improving. This is really cool. Um, anyway, that was a bit of a tangent. I don't know where I was going with that. Yes. So um, part of that, I remember now. Part of behavior transformation is actually slotting it into your day, yeah? And it doesn't have to be a long time. It doesn't have to be a difficult time. But you've got to do little things every day. And that might, some days with Gorse, I might do 10 seconds, 
right? Because that's all I had time for that day. It's, you know, a specific strategy for, for moving her forward. 10 seconds that might be happening while I'm, I don't know, making my morning cup of tea, right? 10 seconds while um, I'm taking her out for the, you know, I'm taking all the dogs out for their last toilet of the day, right? And I, I do 10 seconds with Gorse while the other dogs are, you know, going about their business and getting ready for bed, yeah? That's all it needs to be some days, but there's power in doing one thing every day. And if you do more than one thing, then pat on the back but one thing every day. And so what I thought would be useful is that if actually I dedicate an episode of the podcast to grabbing opportunities, no matter how small, to work with your dog. And I'm gonna share with you what are my top three ways of, if all else fails, one of these three things will happen, um, will, will happen in the day. Does that sound good? And of course, there's gonna be some cringe stories. So the first way that you can grab opportunities with your dog and effectively train your dog without realizing that you're putting time aside to train your dog is what I call quick trips. And basically what it is, this is what a lot of Gorse Diaries is, by the way. What it is, is it's like you've been to the supermarket that morning, you get home and you realize you've forgotten to get some milk, right? Or you've forgotten to buy broccoli. And so you've got to do a quick, like, you know, five minute trip to the shop, hop out, chuck the broccoli in your basket, take it to the counter, pay for the broccoli, get back in the car. What I will do, and this happens to me often, as you can probably imagine, right? Um, and what I will do is I will say, right, Gorse is coming with me to do the quick trip. And so she goes in her crate, in the car, we drive to the shop, I put the broccoli in my basket, I take it to the counter, I pay the, the counter, counter person, um, the, the shop assistant, and I get back in the car. And then what I do is as I'm driving home, I find a little spot where I can, where I can park up for literally two minutes. And I get the dog that I've brought with me out and I do a quick game session or I do a quick training session or I, you know, work with the environment, whatever the environment throws at us, okay? And the value of that is huge. And then they go back in, they go back in the car and they, and we go home again. Those environments might be, sometimes I'll stop and there'll be a grassy area. Sometimes I will actually um, get them out in the car park of the shop that I went to. Sometimes there's an, um, uh, we don't live too far from like an industrial estate where most of the industrial units aren't even like rented out. It's like pretty abandoned. And I'll just pull in there and I'll do a, you know, a quick game session. And sometimes that might be something a little bit more challenging, in which case if I know that I'm going to stop there, then I'll probably take a more experienced dog to grow their skills. And that might be the town centre, yeah? And there's more going on. There are people, there are dogs, there are cars. But the point is, is that if all you've got to do is think, oh, I'll just quickly hop them into the car or I'll bring them, you know, I'll quickly bring them with me. And that, as long as they're with you, you're likely to do stuff. If they're at home, that you're definitely not gonna do stuff, right? But if they're with you, you're likely to do stuff. And so that's my first tip, is actually see that as an opportunity, yeah, to the point where sometimes I'll, I'll forget to buy the broccoli at the supermarket and then get home and be like, oh, I've forgotten the broccoli. And I get to go out and do a bit of training. 
That's tip number one. Second tip, hey guys, I just want to take a little pause to let you know how you can get involved with the official Help My Dog membership hub. If you're enjoying geeking out about the science of dog behavior, want to watch dogs practically being trained in real life, and you want to progress even further, you can join our members-only community and get targeted learning with me each and every week to help you combat your dog struggles at home, on walks, and out and about. And right now, when you jump in, you can actually watch Gorse's behavior rehabilitation from trauma to triumph in an over-the-shoulder video diary showing real-life situations. To find out more, just head over to www.helpmydog.com forward slash hub. Second tip, um, and this, is, this next tip is almost just a good like, life hack as well as, um, as well as being good dog training and a, a dog training opportunity and kind of makes it seamless to fit a behavior transformation into a busy life. Taking screen breaks, okay? So you might, you, your, your job or your day-to-day, um, you might be retired or you, know, you might not work, um, your day-to-day will probably involve screens to some extent, yeah? Even if we, you know, even if we've not got kind of a screen-based job nowadays, there's still probably a screen involved. Computer screen, TV screen, phone screen is the worst one because it comes everywhere with you, right? And what you can do, and get loads of apps that that do this, I just kind of use the apps for a different reason. The app app creators would be like shocked that this is happening. And I get one of those um, apps that count your, kind of count the amount of screen time that you're doing and they basically do an alarm and you can set the alarm to be like every 20 minutes, every 30 minutes, every hour, whatever's appropriate for you. I do every 30 minutes because it means that you can get stuff done in 30 minutes, but equally it's not too long, right? Um, And effectively it's like your screen break alarm. Gives your eyes a rest, gives you a moment to get up and move around if if you're sitting and also, it becomes your do a quick 10 reps of something dog training alarm, yeah? So what I did, my alarm goes off. Sometimes it goes off in a podcast and we have to start, we have to like stop and then like be like, okay, let's carry on. Um, the, the alarm goes off and I get up. I, gr- I always, in my office, I'm just looking around. Yep, there it is. I've got like this little like food, uh, dog food bin. Um, I grab a, a handful of food, probably 10 bits of kibble, yeah, and I do a quick session with one of the, the dogs. That might just be like an experience, joy, great deal session of rolling bits of food around, catching food, you know, getting them to chase me for the bits of food. It might be a specific game, okay? So we, you know, it might be one of the disengagement games from the Help My Dog Hub that te- literally teaches your dog to disengage from distractions. You can play it in like, you know, a couple of minutes. And, but I will just play something And then I will go back to doing what I was doing. Now this has almost like threefold effect in terms of like benefits to your dog. First is that you're actually training your dog. Yeah. So you're doing, you know, you're teaching them new skills. You're teaching them that you're a great deal. You're making investments into your relationship bank account just by the fact that you're interacting with them. The second thing is that it grows engagement because you're not doing a long time. You're not necessarily doing stuff that's really difficult. You're leaving them wanting more. They're like, oh, that was really fun. And now they've gone back to that screen again. Yeah. Um, And so they're like, oh, I can't wait for the next time. So those of you who have dogs that you want more engagement, more motivation, more desire, more joy in working with you, this is perfect. So that's the second reason. Third reason is it teaches your dog to... um, 
go up and down in arousal level, okay? And self-settle. So think about it, they're nice and calm and settled. The screen alarm goes off. Don't be careful not to make it something like auditory all the time, otherwise your dogs will be like, hello, right, when they hear, when they hear the alarm. So it can just be a little, mine's just like a little thing that pops up on my phone. Um, and um, you're getting up, you're upping their arousal by working with them, and you're going to do it to a level that's appropriate to your dog. Don't send them to outer space and then disengage from them and be surprised when they're like grabbing your clothes, right? So um, an arousal level that's appropriate for your dog. You're then going to disengage from them and your dog has to get, goes back down to being calm. Think about life. Life is all about up and down in arousal levels. And what we're doing is we're, we're, we're creating that and growing that skill. Now, some dogs might struggle to recover from a training session to like cold turkey, like not, nothing, I'm not interacting with you. And so the last reward of your little training session might be a long lasting chew. It might be a filled bone. It might be a filled Kong, yeah? And that then means that they've got something to engage in as you move away so that they can disengage from you. Does that make sense, guys? I hope so. So that would be my second tip. Third tip for grabbing opportunities, okay? It is so obvious, but we don't do it. That is, if you've got a dream with your dog, then and, and you've got the tools to get you there, because, you know, someone's created this transformational plan for you, like especially those of you who are behave vet, um, behavior clients, right? Um, and you've got your plan from your clinician and your clinician's literally said to you, do this, this is gonna move you forward um, and it's not difficult and it doesn't take a long time. Or maybe you're a Help My Dog Hub member and you, you know the games and the strategies and it's like, all we've gotta do is play them. And you know those things are gonna move you forward. Do you think it might be worth it to schedule some time to play those games, to have some fun with your dog? Yeah, I think we forget that. And I think, we, I think we especially forget it with the two extremes. Either your life is really, really busy and maybe not completely in your control. Like maybe you have a nine to five um, and you work set hours and that's not, you know, your, your diary is not fully within your control. Um, you often forget that you can still schedule things in your lunch break, quick training session with your dog, or schedule things in the, you know, in the evening, just 10 minutes in your diary, like I am doing this with my dog and I'm, I'm gonna decide what I'm doing with my dog before that time arrives so I make the most use of that 10 minutes. Or the other extreme where we forget about that is where your life's totally flexible and you can decide exactly what goes in it because then what, you, what happens is then sometimes you become the, um, the passenger in that situation, you become almost the victim of other people's emergencies, you get pulled in different directions, you, um, maybe the day just disappears and you're like, huh, where did that day go, right? We've all had days like that as well. And so e either extreme and everything in between, just get a paper diary, a Google calendar, whatever, whatever fits best with you and just write, literally write in this time is guarded and it's for working with my dog. And it's just 10 minutes every day, or two lots of five minutes, or maybe a 20 minute, if that is beneficial to your dog. Sometimes the longer you go, the worse it gets. So you don't need a lot of time to train a dog, right? Um, but the point is it's in there and it's non-negotiable. And in my eyes, 
your dog-owning dream, the reason why you got a dog in the first place should be non-negotiable. Like, I've made your dog-owning dream a non-negotiable for me. Like, I'm determined to get you there. So what I'm saying is, can you make, you know, just 10 minutes a day or, you know, two lots of five minutes a day non-negotiable times for you so that we can get you there, right? Does that sound fair? I think that sounds fair. And what would be really fair is if we hear about other people's misfortune. <laughs> so we've got some cringe stories because it's the it could be worse segment of the podcast. Oh. Are these good ones, Madeline? They are very good ones. They're good ones. Amazing. Right. I'm getting I, I it take it now, now that we're kind of like a few episodes in, it takes a lot to embarrass me at this point. Although last episode was quite shocking. You just keep, you keep trying. Send your stories in. Cringe at help my dog dot, cringe at help my dot dog. Or is it cringe at? It's either. Either, okay. So cringe at help my dot dog or cringe at help my dog dot com. Whichever, whichever takes your fancy. Right, let's do this. So, story number one. Welcome to the It Could Be Worse segment of the Help My Dog podcast. Let's do this, right. I have to be very well equipped with a mix of food-based rewards before venturing out of the house with my dogs. Despite having tried many different treat pouches over the years, I usually find myself reverting to a good old clean poo bag. <laughs> Interesting. I just stick it in my pockets. Um, you like a poo bag? Okay. Madeline's, Madeline's a treat poo bag fan. That is true, actually. Uh, the judgment of others. But we're, we're not worried about the judgment of others here. That's, that's what it's all about. Right. Awesome. So, despite having tried many different treat pouches over the years, I usually find myself reverting to a good old clean poo bag. Waterproof, cheap, recyclable, pocket-sized. Um, on one walk, I was juggling multiple dog-based situations. Had picked up my dog's enormous poo. Thanks for the descriptor, had navigated some dog-dog situations, had safely, safely passed some noisy children, and with some relief, discharged the full poo bag into the bin and carried on. Sounds like a win. It was only when I reached into my pocket for some treats. Oh. It was only when I reached into my pocket for some treats and encountered a strangely warm bag knotted at the top did I realise that the wrong bag had been deposited into the poo bin. The idea of making it through the rest of the walk without food was unthinkable, so I had no choice but to retrace my steps back to the stinky poo bin. What? No, you don't! And, and pick through the uppermost bags to recover my treats. No, you go home. You go home. You do not rifle through a... I'm sorry, I'm shaming you. That's not allowed here. That is... You go home. Don't do that. Goodness knows what onlookers thought of me. I brazened it out with my own power pose <laughs> by striding off confidently, head held high, and have been very careful with my pocket management ever since. You go. That is, that is dedication to reward-based training, isn't it? It's like, I will hunt through a bin full of poo to find my treats. Um, right, next one. My late 
Um, my late, have these been changed, the names? Yeah. Cool. Um, my late puppy Tiller, an Icelandic sheepdog, went camping with me and a friend. She was very young and only just finished her rabies to be able to go abroad. The sweetest little puppy. My friend thought she could do with some time off lead at the campsite. Tiller was my first puppy and I didn't know any better. She was very curious and went sniffing and exploring our plot. After a few days on the campsite, it became the weekend and a young couple pitched up behind our plot. Come evening, they retreated to their tent and some noises, <laughs> some noises started to travel towards our ears. My friend and I politely ignored them, although it soon became apparent that they had forgotten to close the zipper. <laughs> I mean, that is just... That, 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 that just, it's just quite shocking. And unfortunately, my little puppy was not as able to politely disengage from the noises and they proved slightly too interesting for her. Oh, and soon they had a little furry visitor. I sent my friend to collect my puppy. My excuse is that his French was better than mine. <laughs> and I quickly searched out her lead. However, I wasn't quite quick enough and before I returned, Tiller went off to explore the noises from the tent again and the zipper was still open. These people, clo close your zipper. Honestly, I don't think this is your fault, listener. Um, this time the young couple weren't as kind. They were, still in, they were still in the tent doing their thing. What campsite is this? I don't, that, that isn't a reason. What? My friend was not a happy camper re returning with Tiller this time. I fan it, finally man, finally. <laughs> oh, um, <laughs> um, I finally, <laughs> oh, I've gone red. Um, I finally managed to get her on lead and suggested we went on a tour by vehicle for the rest of the day. The next day, the young couple packed up and went away. If they hadn't done that in the morning, I suppose it, I suppose it would have been my suggestion that we went away instead. <laughs> I love that one. That is amazing. I think that's to win a prize. Can it win a prize? I know. Uh, help. Yeah, you win a help my dog mug. Tiller's owner. I'm just trying to hide my embarrassment. <laughs> Tiller, you win a Help My Dog mug. Um, awesome. Right, guys, um, that gen that, this really was the end of the podcast. I'm not just, like, ending it early from, uh, from, from that uh, slight mistake. Um, but I really want you to grab these opportunities. I want you to see that there are opportunities there to be had. You know, sometimes in a behavior consult, people will say, you know, I've just not had the time. And one exercise that we do is we say, right, let's look at your day because... I'm sure we can find two lots of five minutes every day. And if we, can't man if we can't find it every day, we can find it most days. So let's look at our days. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, actually, no, we can, but we've got to grab the opportunities. We've got to schedule and safeguard and we've got to take action, right? Ultimately, that's what's going to move us forward. This learning's transformational. All you've got to do is, is implement it, right? We'll see you next week. For no doubt, more embarrassing, red-faced, cringe stories, loads more learning. If you found this this ent episode entertaining, please do me a favor. I mean, goodness, like, 
I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm vulnerable here, yeah? Um, leave us a review and we will see you next week. <laughs>